In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who, by the Holy Ghost, was conceived, was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Today's intention is for the repose of the soul of TJ and for the healing of his family. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For the virtue of faith. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. For the virtue of hope. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. For the virtue of charity. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Today's mystery is the fourth joyful mystery, the presentation in the temple. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, most holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. O God, who didst deign to send thine only begotten Son, who by his life, death, and resurrection did purchase for us the rewards of eternal life, Look with favor on us, that meditating on the sacred mysteries of the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we may imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. For the repose of the soul of the servant of God, T.J., eternal rest grant unto him, O Lord, and make thy perpetual light to shine upon him, and may he rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, third of the series. Now we can truly call it a Daily Decade. We're back on a daily schedule. Uh, and I did uh, manage to actually get, make this happen. I, I've been doing some more spiritual reading and trying to get more listening in. Uh, the trouble is there is so little out there that doesn't seem to be turned towards well, what's going on right now, you know, it, and what's going on right now in general, not just the, the day-to-day, but, you know, everyone's got, the, I think the new, uh, the new trend is the scare uh, in the East right now, that's the, that's the new thing, we're going to go to war, apparently, uh, that'll all blow over, I'm sure, when, and when it all boils down to gravy, there won't be enough to carry, to cover a piece of fried chicken, so, but, uh, it's so hard to get anything really tangible, and I think that's really the 
the essence of the of the reflection today is going to be that complaint. I was listening to Father Paul Robinson, and uh, God forgive me for throwing the poor man under the bus. He, uh, he he really is quite excellent in some matters. But I was listening to his sermon. Uh, to, you know, I I probably ought to go back and flag this and remove it. Now I'm going to leave it in. Let him let him take the criticism because I think very highly of him. But he makes a mistake that I think a lot of priests make, and it's very common for them, and th therefore it's a mistake that's hard to hold against him. Uh, now, Father Paul uh, Robinson is uh, uh, with the SSPX, and he shows up on the Militia Immaculata channel on YouTube. If you, uh, And I, I think that's a very worthy channel to subscribe to. There is a lot of stuff, good stuff on there. Both him and uh, Father Stalin are both on there, and they're both worth listening to. Uh, in this most recent one, he had something that was really fantastic. He, he opened up with something that was just phenomenal, which was, and this is Father Robinson, I mean, not Father Stalin. Father Stalin's stuff is good too, but Father Robinson opened up with something phenomenal where he talked about the strangeness of the doctrine of love thy enemy. And Christ talks about it. And he goes on to talk about how our life, our spiritual life, our worldly life, everything about what we do, has to have a positive direction. It cannot simply be negative in nature. You cannot simply avoid evil. You have to do good. You can't simply not do what you're not supposed to do. You're suppo you must do what you're supposed to do. Because if there's no positive action, inevitably all you'll end up doing is sliding backwards. Because if you don't exert the effort to move forward, then the currents that strike you, whether you're in a river or on a mountain or what have you, the current that strikes you will push you backward in the direction that you came from. That's just the nature of things. You have to do what you're supposed to do. And that's incredibly important. That's part of the reason why he talks about this love of, uh, of, of enemy and love of God. He talks about, he specifically mentions uh, addiction to impurity. It talks about how, well, you can you can try to avoid that. You can say, I'm going to stop doing this. But until you start doing the right thing, until you start loving God and not merely hating sin or merely avoiding sin, then you're going to keep falling back into it. And the reason why is because until you love God, you don't actually hate sin. You, have a, you still have a connection to it. And this is where he makes his, his crucial error. He moves on to another subject at that point. He doesn't give any practical advice at all for someone who is mired in sin. And it doesn't have to be the sin of impurity. It can be gluttony, it can be avarice, it can be what have you. And it struck me when I heard that, that, well, where's the advice? Like, well, what do I do with this? I know that I'm supposed to love God. I know that. I've, I've gotten that far. I've, you've, you've got me, Father. I'm there. What do I do now? And it seems to be a problem that we run into with a lot of preachers, even the best, and Father Robinson's among the best, even the best don't seem to give any practical advice. That's part of the reason why I love Bishop Sheen so much, is because his life is worth living, is just full of practical advice. Now, you can say what you want about Bishop Sheen and his attitude towards the Society of St. Pius X, and you can, about his attitude towards tradition and how he was friendly with the council and all that, whatever. You can say whatever you like about him. 
the reality remains that he gave people some practical advice. And the practical advice was, by and large, good advice. And our Lord did, too. When the rich man, the young man who was rich, came to our Lord and said, What do I do to gain salvation? Christ gave him concrete advice. He told him explicitly what to do. Sell all that you have. Give to the poor. It's simple, too. It's not complex advice. It does not memorize these seven virtues. It wasn't, here's the ninefold path. It was, sell all you have, give to the poor. Because Christ knew the heart of that man. And he knew that in his heart, he would not take the advice. But he knew that that was all that was necessary for him. Because the thing that he knew exactly what was keeping him out of heaven. And it's the same thing, the same thing is true of us. Our Lord knows what is keeping us from salvation, each of us personally. And there is concrete advice to be had on how to get over that. And it is true that you do have to love God. You have to figure out how to love Him. And that's a very difficult thing. But it is something that has to happen. You have to figure out how to love God and make God personal to you. And there is practical advice on how to do that. So few people seem to give that practical advice. That's what's, what upsets me. But there is practical advice on how to do that. And it's, uh, it's, it's simple practical advice, just like Christ talking to the rich young man. And the, the practical advice is prayer. Because if you want to love God, you need to make God personal to you. And Christ has already done that. He is personal. He's our personal Savior. And all those people that run around, I mean, it's wonderful. It's really, a, it's true. It's the right thing to do. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? That's a wonderful question that these Protestants ask. But the problem is, is that in reality, it's, he remains an abstraction to them. They just say, well, yes, I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And he remains abstract. He's not actually their personal Lord and Savior. He's their Lord and Savior, but he's distant. And they make him very personable. Did you ever notice how much, how impersonal all these most personable versions of Jesus Christ are? I think the most personal Jesus Christ is the one who's most impersonable. We don't want him around because he makes life difficult. But that's the sort of thing that you only get from someone you know personally. Father Altman, another priest, did a, well, that wonderful sermon on how you can't be Catholic and a Democrat, and he's right, but the uh, Democrat is with a little d, not a big d. Uh, you can't be Catholic and a Democrat, and he says, you cannot love what you do not know. I don't know anyone in Borneo. I can't love anyone in Borneo. Oh, that's excellent, Father. That's absolutely true. Thank goodness someone in the Novus Ordo is saying things like that. Well, then he comes back a week later and said, well, someone messaged me from Borneo, so now I know someone from Borneo so I can love them. They'll you know, try to avoid the charges of racism. No, Father, that's not how it works. You don't know that person in Borneo any more than I know Joe Biden. You can interact with someone in a personal way through a letter or a, an email or what have you. You don't know them, and you cannot love them because you do not know them. That's why we, when Christ says, love your enemies, he uses the word inimichorum, 
Inimici. Inimicum. Enemy is a personal thing. It's someone who you know personally. You don't know a hostess enemy army. You don't know them. They're an abstraction to you. It's easy to kill an abstraction. It's easy to... It's actually hard to hate an abstraction when you think about it. You hate what the abstraction can do. You don't actually hate the abstraction. You love that which is personal. You hate that which is personal. And God has to be personal to you. And how do you do that? You do that through prayer. Isn't that simple? Isn't it incredibly difficult? Through prayer. Well, why? Because, it was just like we said yesterday, prayer is, according to the ancient definition, the lifting of the mind to God. You're putting yourself in the presence of God. If you spend, the only way that you can get to know someone is to spend time with them. So you don't just send messages back and forth. You spend time in their presence. You get to know their little habits, their quirks, the things that make them who they are. How do we do that? Well, God is unchanging, and God doesn't have little quirks and habits. He is the almighty source of all things that are. But you get to know him through prayer and through the meditation on prayer, the reflection on prayer. That's what makes the rosary so powerful. It's a little bit of practical advice that we so rarely hear, rarely hear. and I, I think it's it's not really the, the fault of the priests that don't say it. I think what it comes down to is they take it for granted. Their prayer life is so robust, especially the tradi a traditional priest, a proper priest. His prayer life is so robust. He knows how to be a friend to God. He says his breviary every day. He's there. It, he stands in front of Christ, and as he comes down on that altar, he holds God in his hands, like St. Joseph. So he has an incredibly robust life and a very great familiarity with God, or he should have a great familiarity with God. And he can be God's friend, and he can, be, he can truly be God's enemy. God has no enemies like priests, fallen priests. No one hates God like a fallen priest, whether he claims to or not. And it comes to us, it falls to us to develop that same kind of prayer life, to be friends with God, to get to know God, to truly love Him, and to understand the ways in which we have hated Him. Well, so what, I, I'm, my daughter is going through her uh, catechism now for the First Holy Communion. And as I'm going through the, uh, the book with her, uh, I find, what does mortal sin do? Mortal sin makes us enemies of God. How wonderfully simple. And yet, there is a great deal of depth to it. It's, it's like a borehole. You, can, you know exactly what it is. It's simple to comprehend. You can't see to the bottom of it. And that's exactly what that statement of the catechism is. That's the beauty of the old catechisms, too, is that every single answer is a borehole like that. You know exactly what it is. Uh, you, you just, you can't, but you can't, it's so deep you can't see to the bottom of it. It's wonderful. And that is as well, that, that answer makes you an enemy of God. And when we say this, we mean in the Latin, inimicus, inimici. Plural, inimicorum. It makes you his enemy, his personal enemy. Not just an enemy army, but his personal enemy. Now, we all start as enemy armies, the original sin and all of that. We don't know God, God doesn't know us. That's why all the baptism starts outside the church. 
because you're an enemy of God. It's not fitting that an enemy of God should be inside the church. So he says, you're baptized. the baptism starts with the exorcisms outside, then you go in. And if your baptism didn't start that way, I'm sorry, you missed out on the, on the full expanse of the right. But if you baptize a baby, if you have a baby baptized, and you do it in the old form of the Catholic Church, uh, or, you know, this is true in the Orthodox Church as well, as long as they don't speed the whole process up. I went to a Russian church once for a baptism, and they did the same thing. You start outside, and you work your way in. It starts with the exorcisms, and you work your way up towards the altar where the actual baptismal font is. And the reason for that is because slowly you are being brought in. These, these, this, these dead layers of evil left over from ages and ages, this crystalline fault that is left on us because of Adam is slowly chipped away and stripped away. You know, just, like you're, just like you're peeling an egg. A hard-boiled egg. Once we've already gotten past that point and we fall into mortal sin, then we're an enemy of God. But we can hate God in our day-to-day -day life merely by not really having any kind of familiarity with Him. Remember we talked about how you could hate the things that an enemy does. And we make ourselves enemies of God when we don't want the things of God, or we only want the things of this world. That's the rich young man. Why does he have to sell all of his goods? Because the only thing blocking him from salvation is this vast wealth that he has that he doesn't want to give up, that he doesn't want to separate himself from. All of us have something that we're attached to that we don't want to separate ourselves from. And if you have an addiction and you don't want to separate, you, there's plenty of people who have stopped, have successfully stopped doing an evil uh, and don't really want to. And really the key to sainthood is getting to the point where you don't want to go to that website. You don't want that chicken sandwich. You don't want whatever it is that is separating you from God. It's not merely you want it, you're not going to get it because that's the because God because that's not what God wants. You're not going to you're not going to get it because you know you'll go to hell. You're afraid of the fires of hell. That's sufficient to get you to purgatory. It's not sufficient to get you to heaven. And as many priests have said, if you aim for purgatory, chances are you're going to land in a different kind of fire. And so we have three different kinds of people. You have the people who... There are two kinds of people who hate God, the obedient and the disobedient, and one kind of person who loves God. The person who loves God does what God wants because he loves God. He has a personal desire to see some, the, the person that he loves pleased and happy, have his needs met insofar as God has needs. There's a lot of things that I gave up for my wife because I love her. And after how many years we've been together and all the kids that we've had, I certainly know her. And I love her more as I know her more. That's how God is. In fact, the real that realization, which I got from a, one a marvelous priest who I unfortunately can't name because I would dox myself. He's just one of the one of the greatest priests I've ever spoken to. And I got that bit of advice from him 
when he told me how much one particular sin that I had confessed was hurting my wife. She hadn't said anything about it, but I really thought about it. And he was right. And no, it wasn't a matter that grave, if anybody's wondering. But, and that's part of the reason why she hadn't said she knew about it. She didn't say anything about it. It was obvious. I didn't think about it. And it was at that moment that I realized what it meant to hate sin and to love God. Now, I didn't stop this particular sin because of my love of God. I did it because of my love of my wife. But it at least brought me to a point where I understood what that meant, what that love meant. And as the saying, and the only way that you get there is to get yourself to the point where you love God in the same way that you love your husband or your wife. And if the only way that you think of is in, the only way you think you love your husband or your wife is in the physical sense, or that's all that's where your mind immediately goes, let me tell you something, you better go see a priest because you've got to work on your marriage. There is a depth that's there in a healthy marriage. And it's a perfect analogy. Priests are wed to Holy Mother Church. That's why nuns are wed to Christ. This is what we mean when we talk about Christ and His Church. That's the mystical quality of marriage. And so, we work ourselves towards this love of God. And I think, actually, it's probably the best way to understand God's love for us is that's why we use the sacred heart as, as, the, as a focal point. That's why it's such a strong devotion for me personally. And so that seems like a good place to turn ourselves towards that prayer and close things out. Most of you will hear this at the end of the day. That's why I do an end of the day prayer. If you listen to it at the beginning of the day, email me at dailydecadrequests at protonmail.com. That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at protonmail.com. Drop me a line on Gab at the Daily Decade. Find me online, praytherosaryeveryday.wordpress.com or comment at our syndicated site, where we're syndicated, exodusamericanus.wordpress.com and let me know. If you have any prayers, you can send them in there as well. But if you listen in the morning and more people listen in the morning, I'll do a morning prayer here at the end. Now we're going to do an evening prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer unto thee the sacred heart of Jesus with all its love, all its sufferings, and all its merits. First of all, to expiate all the sins I've committed this day and during all my life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Second, to purify the good I've done badly this day and during all my life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Third, to supply for the good I ought to have done, and have failed to do, this day and during all my life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God love you all.